Distracted driving is defined as the act of not paying attention to the road due to manual, cognitive, and visual distractions. According to the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration, in 2018, there were 2,841 people killed and an estimated additional 400,000 people injured in motor vehicle crashes involving distracted drivers. Distracted driving still remains as a leading cause of death for teenagers in the United States. Hi everyone, my name is Megan. I'm a Girl Scout ambassador exploring the multiple lenses of distracted driving in an effort to promote driving safety awareness. Thank you so much for listening in today's episode, which will be the season finale interview episode. Today, I am joined with Mr. Joelle Feldman, an attorney and the co-creator of a distracted driving safety organization, NDD, or End Distracted Driving. NDD has a network of 500 speakers and has given talks to almost 475,000 students across the nation. Hi, Mr. Feldman. Thank you so much for coming and sharing your experience for listeners and myself. Well, I'm happy to be here. Thank you for having me. I'm very excited to be speaking to you, the people who will listen to this. So first, if you feel comfortable, I want to start off, um, because I know the listeners may not know who you are. Um, So can we talk about what happened almost 12 years ago that changed your life? In July of 2009, my 21-year-old daughter, Casey, was on her way to her summer job. She was walking across the street in a crosswalk and a 58-year-old man uh, decided to make a decision to reach for his GPS. He took his eyes off the road and he hit her and said that he never saw her. Um, Here's a a picture of Casey. Uh, Although she was killed when she was 21, this picture was taken when she was 18. She was about to graduate high school. And I often think about how In this picture, Casey has everything that you have and all of your listeners have. You have a future. And that was taken away from Casey in just a few moments. Now, I have to let you know that I am an attorney in Philadelphia and I represented and I have represented for years people who were killed or badly injured in crashes. I still drove distracted myself. I knew it was dangerous, but that didn't mean anything to me because I thought I was different. I thought I could handle it. So it was after Casey's death that I realized what a hypocrite I was. And I decided to change uh, my way of driving and I decided to do whatever I could to keep people safe, but really young people safe because Casey was a young person who had a future. And actually, if you think about it, um, it's hard, you know, it's hard to say, but you know, it's, um, I'm alive and my child is dead and I'm the one with the future. It's not supposed to be that way, not at all. And so I want to talk about how that moment led you to creating the organization and distracted driving. So um, I was asked at the beginning if I would talk about Casey and what happened. And I, you know, being a lawyer, I was reasonably comfortable doing that, although it's a little different talking about your daughter's death. But I realized shortly that I didn't know anything about how to change people's behaviors or for kids who hadn't started driving yet, how to help them form good behaviors. So I looked around, I couldn't find any science-backed distracted driving presentations. So I reached out to the local children's hospital here in Philadelphia, and they said they would help me design one. They did, we have pre and post presentation surveys. 
we have experts to come and get involved. And, and I actually, I went back to school and I got a master's in counseling because this is all about behavior change and knowing how to speak to people and saying something that will appeal to them. And, you know, I often say to people that talking about the danger of distracted driving is not enough. Um, many of your contemporaries, your peers drive and they've probably taken chances while driving and they haven't been in a crash yet. I say yet, um, but so talking about the danger isn't get, gonna get them to change. So we've come up with a bunch of different ways that we're using and we're excited about to help get people, adults as well, but my focus is on young people and trying to give them a chance so that they can have everything that Casey doesn't have, you know, life in the future. And part of the reason why I wanted to reach out to you is because when I was researching like potential organizations who I wanted to speak to, I knew that I guess scrolling through your website, you mentioned or the website mentioned that this organization, NDD, was the first organization to include science-based presentations. So if you don't mind, can we talk about um, uh, what type of science do you include based on your presentations and how you're able to include that as the foundation? All right, so there is um, a, a lot of uh, what they call behavior change theories. The principal one talks about some folks aren't even thinking about changing their behaviors uh, pre-contemplation. Other folks are thinking about a contemplation, but they're not, yet, that, not there yet. The next series of folks are preparing to do it, and then there are folks who are actually taking steps to do it. So the idea is if you can find someone any, anywhere along this spectrum, you can kind of nudge them a little bit, nudge them a little bit over so that they're more receptive. And there's um, a way of speaking to people, it's called motivational interviewing. It's a way of non-confrontationally talking to people and trying to elicit from those folks the reasons for change. Like you might say, well, I know I shouldn't drive distracted, but it's convenient. I wanna stay in touch with friends. So I would say from that to you, I say, well, so it sounds like you have mixed feelings about this, but there's a part of you that really wants to give up driving distracted. I don't confront you and I don't tell you, hey, that's dangerous to do. You're an idiot to do it. I don't say anything like that. It's rude to say that, but you don't do that. It doesn't get you anywhere. So some of the things we do, and then there's other theories that talk about at presentation, people have to feel like they know what to do. And as important, they have the confidence to think that they can successfully do it. So that's like a real quick overview of some of the science behind it. Thank you. And also, <laughs> I should have mentioned it with the previous question, but um, NDD also was the one of the first or the first organization to include um, courses for elementary kids. I know when we talk about distracted driving, we think about teenagers a lot, like instantly, and then maybe later adults. So why do you feel, or why is it important to also include younger children in the conversation? All right, so there is this misconception that you guys, your age group, your peers are the worst distracted drivers. You drive distracted more than I would like, but only about a third of you will read a text while driving. When you look at the 19 to 39 year olds, it's 45 to 60%. When I go into schools, and that's now um, virtually, I've done, I don't know, about 80 talks since the pandemic. Um, virtually, I do a lot of talks, or in the past when I used to go in live to a school, raise your hands if your moms and dads drive distracted with you in the car, 70, 80% of the kids. The studies show that 
parents with four to 10 year olds are driving distracted consistently. So um, you guys are the most, and I don't say this negatively, I think it's just a fact. Yeah. Let's say you're the most inexperienced and I don't, that's not a knock on you guys. The first year that you played soccer, you weren't as good as the second year, you weren't as good as the third year, that's all I'm saying. So your inexperience, relative inexperience means that you're set up worse to have the consequences, the bad consequences of distracted driving. So I wanna to talk to high school kids, I wanna to talk to middle school kids. And you know, it occurred to my, the, the person who worked on this with me, it was actually her idea, Emily Stein, a woman from Massachusetts, her organization is Safe Roads Alliance. Um, she had little kids and she said, you know, we teach our little kids not to smoke cigarettes. Why don't we teach them not to drive distracted? And so it was her inspiration. We spent about a year working with experts coming up with a program. So we have a, a lesson plan for second to third grade, fourth to fifth grade and sixth grade, and it's developmentally appropriate. We've got three animated um, videos. We created a, um, an animated character. We were told we needed to do that. That was Sam, the meerkat. And Sam teaches the kids about distractions, but also how to speak up. And the way he teaches them to speak up is the way we do with everyone, even high school. We use I statements. Um, I, you know, you're driving me in the car. You know, I like you, but I'm just a little nervous when you look at your phone and not at the road. I don't tell you to put the phone down. I don't tell you you're a bad driver. I don't tell you you're gonna cause a crash. I just tell you how I feel. And we have a caring relationship. You're gonna put your phone down. And I've done this hundreds of times with students in schools with role playing. And, and that's the way to talk to people. I feel a little nervous about you looking away from the road and at your phone. And um, we've done that with high school kids, middle school kids, and the actual, the magic language that we teach the elementary school kids is mommy, Daddy, I love you, but I don't feel safe when you look at your phone and drive me. And we had preliminary results are indicating it's a phenomenal response. And as a parent, I mean, if my child told me that something I was doing was making them feel unsafe, hits me right here, hits me right here. So we're, we wanna change the trajectory. We wanna create a generation of kids who will never choose to drive distracted and we'll speak up now and get mom and dad to stop driving distracted. And we also reach out to folks like you, if you've got little brothers and sisters and your parents drive distracted, hey, we tell you, just because mom and dad drive distracted doesn't mean you have to. And it's up to you to teach your little brothers and sisters that despite mom and dad's bad example, this is what we do. And that's how we change the culture so that just like drunk driving, distracted driving is no longer socially acceptable. And so this uh, next question is a little different. So I want to hear, uh, I guess, about your experience. How have you seen distracted driving change over the course of COVID-19? Well, the studies show that despite the fact that we, at least in the beginning, we were on the roads less and there was less miles driven in 2020, or actually our deaths rose, our distracted driving crashes rose. So there's some belief that, you know, we were, well, it's a tough year for all of us. Uh, yeah. just, it's continuing tough year that we've had a lot on our minds. Um, but for me, I'm going to tell you something. I believe that your generation is the generation that's going to change this. It's going to change distracted driving to make it socially unacceptable. And I, I'm so impressed. I now do Zoom talks. So before I would do an auditorium, 250 to 750 people. And I do my best to make it interactive 
I take the microphone, I'd run up into the bleachers at a gym or whatever, but the, the venue limits. I'm doing classes now. Um, I'm talking to 30 to 40 people, but I can talk to each and every one of them, I see their face, I call on them, we communicate. And I'll tell you, I'm more optimistic than ever that young people are gonna keep us all safe. You guys are gonna change the way everyone thinks about distracted driving. So um, a lot of people say COVID, it's bad, it's worse. We're, we're actually more addicted to our phones. I think there's a caring part of us that's coming out. Um, perhaps, I mean, you know, uh, I know about the fragility of life. I know that um, good people, young people can be taken and they shouldn't. I know the tragedy of that. And not so much from being a lawyer because I didn't pay attention to it. I know that from being a dad who's lost a daughter. Um, but I think that some of the students I'm speaking with have a sense of that fragility. I mean, almost 600,000 people have died from COVID. It seems like just about everybody knows somebody who's been affected and the caring part of your generation is coming out. So that might be a silver lining in a, in a dark cloud otherwise. For the listeners, if they were to hold on to one thing that you mentioned, um, what is the one thing that you hope they would hold on to for the rest of their lives? Can I tell you three real quickly? Yeah, go ahead. Okay. The studies show that we're more afraid of distracted drivers today than drunk drivers on the road, yet we drive distracted. So what we're doing is we're teaching people that if you wanna protect yourself in the car and your passengers, you have to be a defensive driver. You have to look more than you've ever had to look. You have to scan, make predictions about who's gonna do something crazy on the road to avoid crashes. You can't be a distracted driver looking at your phone and protect yourself, that's one thing. Students have taught me that distracted driving is disrespectful. A couple of years after Casey's death, I started hearing this. It's disrespectful, Mr. Feldman, it's disrespectful. And I, it didn't make sense to me, but then I thought about it and I talked to more students. Respect means a lot of things. It's uh, respecting others, listening to people, valuing them, treating them the way you wanna be treated or even a little better. No one wants the person in the road next to them to be looking at their phone, Snapchat, TikTok, uh, whatever it is, texting. We don't want that. We know how we want to be treated. And I'll ask people, and hopefully the po folks who are listening to this also believe that they want to be respectful of others. They want others to think they are respectful. If you're driving down the road, maybe you've got a passenger, but you're sharing the road with everyone, cars, bicyclists, pedestrians. If you take your eyes off the road to look at your phone, how does that show your respect for other people? It doesn't. And you guys, your generation taught me that. And I think that's one of the keys to changing the way we think about distracted driving. If it's disrespectful, if it's selfish, we don't want others to do it, well, we shouldn't do it ourselves. And I'm, I'm, I'm really excited about that, that new approach to getting, uh, to getting to reaching people. And it's reaching older folks as well. I mean, I'll ask a parent, do you teach your child to respect others? Oh yeah, it's really, really important. Okay, um, you want them to respect people, yes. Do you tell them it's only a part-time activity that they should only do it when it's convenient? No, no, it's full-time. Okay, how about when you get behind the wheel of a car? What are you teaching your children? And it resonates, it resonates. Um, I'm tough on moms and dads because we're setting a bad example for you guys, but I'm confident you guys can set a really good example for yourselves 
and your little brothers and sisters. Hopefully we bring mom and dad along, but if we don't, we're gonna keep you guys safe in the next generation, and that's critical. All right, thank you so much, Mr. Feldman, um, for giving this unique perspective. And thank you so much for offering your uh, experience and sharing your point of views. I appreciate the opportunity. Um, uh, have a great day and be safe. You too. Thank you. Thank you so much for listening. For the past week, I've been interviewing credible people from their given fields to emphasize the issue of distracted driving all during this month of April, in which April is Distracted Driving Awareness Month. So be sure to check the link in the description to see more, such as a background pamphlet, my attributions and citations, and a pledge that you can sign and share on social media using the hashtag DistractionFreeLane. Thank you for joining me in today's episode, and see you tomorrow on Distraction Free Lane for a mini bonus episode where I talk about my Girl Scout Gold Award experience.